Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on August the 12th, 2010. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. You'll find hundreds of audios for download where I try to explain the big picture and get you out of the matrix by showing you that the world is guided along a particular path by very powerful people who plan things all the time and sometimes they publish their plans and uh, they use different organizations. In fact, they own many organizations worldwide to make sure the world goes in the required direction of globalism. But they also have uh, a nefarious plan, of course, to bring down the Western countries after they've done their job, which we pretty well have done. We've standardized the whole world by conquest for them, and now it's time to wrap us up and, and throw us away like an old piece of rag, basically. And that's what's really been happening for an awful long time. Uh, it's well documented in history books for those who participated at the lower levels and uh, bureaucrats too in different governments love to pu- pu- publish their biographies and they give an awful lot away if you're willing to uh, look through these dusty old books. And remember when you look in there too that I also sell books myself and uh, these books are different. I write them to break the conditioning that you've been subject to since you were born basically and that the school definitely puts you through to make you a linear thinker, because those who rule the world are wild men, as they call it themselves. Charles Galton Darwin said that we rule the world and we are wild men. Uh, those who are domesticated are basically us. We're churned out of the schools, we think linearly, and we come to the conclusions they want us to come to very, very easily. And we're kept gullible and very naive, but that's the media's job. So purchase the books, and hopefully that'll keep me going for some time longer. And remember, too, that uh, you can buy the books from the U.S. to Canada by using a personal check. You can also use uh, PayPal for donations or to purchase and send a donation plus a separate email with your name, address, and order if you want to purchase. An international postal money order is fine to Canada. And... uh, Cash is good as well. Across the rest of the world, remember, you can purchase them. And there's discs there as well. Some of them have 40, 50 shows on them. Uh, You should get those as well, because who knows how long we'll be up on the the nets. Uh, But as I say, the rest of the world, you've got Western Union as well, cash, PayPal to order or donate, and you have MoneyGram. I think MoneyGram's cheaper than Western Union, so it's up to yourselves how you want to do it. But I'm the only host out there who doesn't live on advertising, which is awfully, awfully lucrative, believe you me. And I'm backed by no staff, and I'm not produced either. And uh, this is more than a full-time job, believe you me. It's a, it drains the life out of you seven days a week. But it must be done because we're at the end of the road. And that's the only reason I've come out to the public since about 98 and um, explain what was going on and literally change the direction of what they call Patriot Radio altogether. All the eugenic stuff, the DNA, the United Nations agenda, the building up of China to be the dominant uh, superpower, 
and manufacturer for the world. I started all that stuff off years ago, and it's been picked up and, and run with, thank goodness. So help me to keep going because, as I say, um, I have nothing to gain really here, but it takes a lot of money just even to do what I do here, believe you me. And I could go off and do other things, certainly, while there's still money to be made before it's worth nothing at all. So as well as sending it to me as a donation or buying the books or the discs and so on. The ads you hear on this show, remember, are paid by advertisers to RBN. That pays for the broadcast, and it pays for the staff and equipment and their bills. So you've got to help me out with mine by, as I say, buying the books or donating to me. I could certainly do with more donations, believe you me. And it doesn't matter how much it is, a dollar, two dollars, whatever. As long as it's something coming in from enough people, I can just get by with my bills. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. You know, people today wonder how we got into the mess we're in, and they wonder why great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents allowed things to happen, even during the, the, the Great Depression, as they call it, even though the one that's coming up is going to be a lot worse. And the reason that they did nothing about it is because the people today do nothing about it. People don't like to change their way of life, even though they're adapting to the changes all the time, they still like the familiar, and they don't want to lose the familiar, even while they're losing it. Even while you get inflation going on, uh, as long as you have your comforts, your routine, your familiar places that you go to visit or bars or whatever you do, um, you, you do nothing except complain about it. And that's why it happened before, and that's why the bankers always triumph. No one wants to stand up to them and to their government as well, because... See, your government's all part of it. Everyone is selected to run. And Quigley went through that, Professor Carl Quigley, in Tragedy and Hope. He was the official historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, worldwide organization. The, the British branch is the Royal Institute for International Affairs. The Milner Group set up the whole century for the 20th century and into the 21st century. And they were comprised of international bankers based in the city of London. These are the guys who boasted how they brought wars about to bring about a unified world. And they believed they were justified in doing what they were doing. And they had all the money in, in the world to do so. These are the guys, too, who actually wrote the history books for the U.S. and Britain and the British Commonwealth. So they could even keep their names out of the books. Winston Churchill brought this up in Parliament. He was so astonished to realize that they'd even written the history books to cover their own tracks and their machinations of what they'd been up to. Quite something. But a world government was their idea. They brought in the League of Nations, then the United Nations, and they had plans for the whole world. The Western powers were to finance the wars, the standardization across the world into the same system with central banking under the World Bank. And they also... Uh, decided to bring up China eventually to be the manufacturer for the planet. As they were bringing down the Western countries. 
You see, they believed that they didn't need to really fear anything from China. China's got a history of basically being very... Um, they're very much the mass man type. Individuality has never been a problem for for China. And in fact, everything is to, to, in China, even under the communist regime, is conformity to the whole, you see. So they have no problems with China. And the same bankers, believe you me, set up China as well. And they used your governments because they put in your politicians at the top of every party. And Quigley documents this as well in his books about it. And therefore, they cannot possibly lose. They always play their agenda. And if you read their books that they put out by the Royal Institute of International Affairs and Council on Foreign Relations, they'll always say published by the Rockefeller Foundation. And then they're going to say that the Royal Institute or the CFR is, is a, a not, uh, is a non-political organization. And they're telling you the truth. Even though they, they put your top politicians in, they don't play politics. They simply direct and run an agenda. It's a big difference. Big, big difference. The, pol- the political part is just for the people at the bottom to keep us uh, voting new people in when we're sick of the last lot. That's all it's for. It's a punch and duty show. It's a circus for the public. And they give you presidents and prime ministers to throw tomatoes at, verbal or otherwise. That's all it's for. Because the real agenda goes on regardless of what color party you think is in power. And it's been like that your whole life. It's like that all through pretty well the 20th century. You have to read Tragedy and Hope by Quigley and the Anglo-American establishment by the same author. As I say, he was the official historian for this group who had access to their records and their archives. And he was all for it. That's why he wrote the book. And as I say, psychology is incredible. Mass psychology is well understood how the people think, how well they'll behave. There's constantly simulations done through the Rand Corporation and many others who put all the data through computers to see how we react in any given situation. And they're generally pretty well right. And they know that all people do uh, during times that have been taken down put into planned poverty, put into a new system of communitarianism, because that is the plan, your little community, you'll work in it, you'll have directors uh, given to you, or they'll rise out of you supposedly, but really they're already pre-picked. It's a new Soviet idea. You see, the CFR and the Royal Ship International Affairs created the Soviet Union. Bertrand Russell, who was one of their big players, was sent to Russia, and he was also sent to China. And he says in his own memoirs that his job in China was to help set up in universities uh, the organizations for communist revolution. This is Lord Bertrand Russell in his own book. These guys literally planned everything that's happening today and beyond. And it's a hard thing for most people to get their heads around because surely the general mainstream media would give you clues about this. No, the media's job is to keep you in the dark, dumb and stupid and gullible and talking about trivia. And most folk today, and it's very true what the elites have said themselves in their publications, they cannot tell the difference between fact and fiction. They can't even tell what an ad is. They can listen to it for a whole hour sometimes and they don't even know that's what they're listening to. Psychology is used through all businesses 
to make you buy. And remember, fear is another technique to make you buy as well. But, as I say, we're, we're on the way down now. We're meant to go down now. As I say, they could have burst the financial bubble any time they wanted to. They could have kept it going for another 20 years, if that was the case. But they literally run to a timetable, like a big, long-range business plan. I used to wonder, as for why on earth would Canada and Western countries have so many mainland Chinese students over in the 70s and the 80s? Why? When it's their main enemy, supposedly, for communism. Now, communism had made its goals quite clear. The complete overthrow of all existing forms of government and their institutions and their systems, right down to the family unit. That was their goal. Never hidden about that. They didn't hide it. So why would the West finance these countries? Why would your own politicians sign deals through GATT, the General Agreement on Trade and Tariffs, and other global deals through the United Nations to, for your own guys to go over to China and invest in China and build them up? But why would you train all the future engineers for all their factories that they didn't even have back in the 70s? They were training them in advance, knowing darn well that there were global deals getting made. And the, the countries also knew, your own politicians knew, and all the Western countries, that once you signed GATT and, and everyone flocked off to China, there'd be nothing left in your own countries. They said you'd be a service economy, which is a temporary measure. And by the way, they didn't say it would transform into something better after that. No, they just left it hanging. Well, what, that, what do you think that means? It means no jobs, folks. And the country who does the manufacturing is the country who rakes in the bucks. No manufacturing, no bucks. And all the countries in the West now, especially the U.S., they're also about balancing of trade. What a joke. What does the U.S. export apart from Hollywood movies now and an occasional missile? It's Look at the imports from China, though. It's 99% one way. Trade balance, they call it. And this supposed totalitarian regime, which it still is, by the way, China, it still has that red star flying on its flag there. It's, it literally holds the debts. It owns the debts of the U.S. Before that, the U.S. used to be held by Japan. Now it's China, your arch enemy. Do you really believe you have any enemies at all? There are no enemies. Because the same guys who set up the U.S. to be powerful and rich took all their cash away and put it in China. And now they're disposing of all of us here, you see. And that's the reality of it as we go down the tubes. And I said when, and I, I don't like even talking about presidents or prime ministers' names because to me they're all faceless. They're interchangeable. They're all groomed for their task. They do what they're told. They read the scripts written by the script writers. You don't vote for script writers. These are the guys that run the show. They know what the real agenda is. But, I mean, I said, when Bush was in, I, I said, Obama will just come in and use all the tools for totalitarianism that Bush helped set up during this supposed war on terror, which I call war of terror, because that's the only way you can get a totalitarian society in as you're taking it all down the tubes. You've got to have it under the pretext of war. 
it's the only time when people will, will just buckle down, do what they're told, and let all their, their privacy be invaded and, and give up their rights, basically. So everything that's happening today was planned that way, right down to the smallest detail, right down to even rationing, when food rationing will come out, because that is planned down the road. War is unceasing. They used to say that evil men never sleep, you know. And that's so true, uh, in a sense, because uh, the, the richest people on this planet can hire think tanks to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, round the clock, year after year. Planning and scheming, and that's exactly what they do to bring in their future. People also go on about some, the, the famous scientist. You pull out someone who's a celebrity. Now, what is a celebrity? It's someone who's been promoted into stardom by an industry that knows how to make stars, whether it's the music industry, entertainment industry, or the scientific industry. And I'll go into that in a moment. So hang on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Just talking about how stars are created and they become celebrities. And then celebrities start prattling on about politics as though that was their speciality and actors do it and actresses do it. And big associations look for them because people will listen to them just because they're well known, you see. And it's the same thing with scientists. Down through the ages, they've given us top scientists and uh, because a person speaks on, like Einstein, on politics, supposedly he must be no more than the rest. Well, it's nonsense. Your plumber knows as much as Einstein about politics. It's on a level par then, since it's all nonsense anyway. But uh, it's the same thing when they bring out uh, Dawkins, or, uh, or Hawkins, I should say, Stephen Hawkins, recently. And they get everybody prattling on about it. Uh, and he's saying that we're all going to go to the stars for survival of the human race because, oh, the, the planet's in a terrible mess and there's too many people, the same old stuff, you see, and yada, yada, yada. And what you don't realize is it's the elites who want to go off into space in case anything happens down the road for the future. They cover every possible scenario. And under the Darwinian principle, you see, they must ensure their survival. They're not going to make sure that there's anything for you. But they'll use your tax money in the meantime and your labor to build their vessels and all the rest of it. They'll use your brains if you go to university and work on these little projects under grants and so on. Yet they'll use all of that because you work for money. And uh, they also tax back from you. But they also get you working on all the things for their own personal survival. That's what it's all about. They even put movies out about it. Deep, Deep Impact was one, one of the first ones where the ordinary folk at the end, they get a lotto for the, for the last few remaining seats inside this safe haven. And then, of course, there have been a few out recently, too, where only the elite are, are handpicked to survive and the scientists. That's what that's all about. But meanwhile, they want us all to be enthusiastic about going off into space. Well, you'll never, ever see the other side of the atmosphere, believe you me. You ain't going to see it. Not for you. <laughs> but But that's how they get people... To, to really get enthusiastic about something, they get someone uh, that's well-known uh, to, to mutter this stuff, and I do mean mutter it, and everyone prattles on about it, not, not realizing they're being conditioned to work towards something and to actually, as I say, be enthusiastic about it. They're all being conned. 
Maybe they should say, okay, you can be enthusiastic when you're guaranteed a, a place on the ship. Until then, I'd forget it if I were you. Now, we're going into totalitarian, uh, a totalitarian system. We're in it, in fact, well in it. And the big part of it, too, is electronic tracking and all the rest of it. And I'll put up uh, some links tonight. There's one to do with how even the implants in your car uh, tires uh, are, can be hacked by professionals and how they tr- they're also meant to track you and wherever you drive. It's amazing how many bases they covered from all the other chips in your car to the ones even in your tires. Hmm? And, you know, I, I read that article years ago when they were first doing it, and no one gets their hackles up. It's like when they bring in GMO food. Uh, you understand that's the most primal thing that you need to survive is food and water. And here's scientists changing your food supply, and no one is bothered about it. Do you realize how domesticated we truly are? Do you realize how bad we are? And we see the, the rise of the police state across the, the Western world, and even, well, actually across even the way to Australia. It's because, once again, you have all these different associations of what you think are guys that work for you who don't work for you at all. They actually belong to UN organizations like this bunch here, the Chief Police Officers Association. Uh, they're international you think your police chief is yours? Well, you pay, you pay his wages, yeah, but he belongs to a United Nations organization. Here's an article here from the Register, and it's from August the 11th, and it says, The Association of Chief Police Officers has been told not to rebroadcast an anti-terror advert it ran on TalkSport Radio. The advert urged people to call the anti-terrorist hotline to report suspicious behavior, such as anyone paying with cash because he doesn't have a bank card, or keeping his curtains closed because his house is on a bus route and doesn't want people looking in his window. That's really highly suspicious. These are these are your top cops, supposedly. Now, I, I know that they, they don't... In fact, they decreased the IQ level for entrance into the cops about 15 years ago. They didn't want guys that are too bright. But if this is the creme de la creme at the top, these guys, God help us all. So they're asked to pull this, this ad. Because you can imagine anybody who's using cash is getting reported by idiots. And there's lots of idiots out there. The Metropolitan Police Service responded to the Advertising Standards Authority on behalf of ACPO. It claimed the behaviors described in the ad were based on trends. Everything's trends now, you see. Identified by police and had been amongst evidence given in court at recent terrorism trials that they used cash and closed their curtains. Oh, it's really highly suspicious. I guess you're supposed to do everything in your bedroom, too, with everything wide open so everyone can see what you're up to. I mean, these guys are nuts. The ASA noted that the behavior described could also apply to the behavior of a number of law-abiding citizens. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt, we're cutting from the Matrix, talking about the Police Chiefs Association, 
that works under the United Nations putting out ads to tell people to report anybody who's using cash or keeping their curtains closed, even if they live next to a roadway where there's a a bus route, for instance, or whatever, going past them. That's quite a common thing. Uh, If it's a bus going past your window, why would you want folks staring in all the time? You know. But suspicious now. You see, you're supposed to be an open book. All your data has to be up on, on the cloud for the NSA to, to peruse when they want to. And they want to make sure that you're all living with, with open doors and open windows and all the rest of it, just in case you're up to something very suspicious. So they were asked anyway to remove the, the, this uh, ad as being offensive, and um, we'll see what they do. And it's actually got the ads on this article, and I'll put this article up too, the link to it at the end of the show at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. So you have to really wonder what kind of brains are at work here and what they're really training us for when you see all of these things. And that's what I mean about being domesticated. We've got so many clues all down through the years, what's going on, and people don't want to sit and put them together. Clue after clue after clue. As I say, they go after your water supply. They go after your food supply. For instance, uh, they bring you down monetarily, although, as I say, it's been a con game from f- f- the very beginning of central banking. But they decide to bring it down now. And they get articles like this now. The Rand Corporation is one of the biggest corporations on the planet for doing surveys and so on for the governments across the world. Big part of the world order. And this article here makes you wonder what they're really up to, because obviously it's not what they say. Remember, too, Rand is a corporation that, that fed everybody in the Western Hemisphere pretty well through computers during the time of the Cold War. Uh, and they ran the whole war on what they called game theory, uh, an idea brought up by a mathematician who was an absolute nutcase uh, and a schizophrenic. Uh, paranoid schizophrenic, that's who they based it on, and, and they fed all your data all, all through the Cold War into this computer for the government. And they, they, base them, they call themselves a non-profit organization, which means they've got a free hand to do anything, but believe you me, their salaries are in, in the millions per person, this organization. But here they are doing this, and it says... Rand is partnering with Hill House Association to study how new grocery store will affect Pittsburgh's Hill District. Now, this, this, this is like part of DARPA, this organization, you understand, in the Pentagon. But here they are wanting to, to see how a new grocery store in an area that doesn't have it, a full grocery store, will affect Pittsburgh's Hill District. Can you believe that? Obviously, it's for another reason, isn't it? And it's July 19th, 2010. So Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's Hill District neighborhood will be the focus of a RAND Corporation study that will examine how a full-service grocery store can influence the health of residents served by the store, RAND announced today. Well, I can save them the trouble because, believe you me, since we've had all the GMO stuff in Canada and everything tastes the same, even the, even the meat tastes all the same, doesn't matter what kind of meat you're buying, and the health is plummeting and everybody, it, it kills you is what it does. I can save you the trouble right now. Because I bet you anything, that's what they're doing. They're studying how fast to go down the tubes. Something big's going on there in this $2.7 million study. But that's the rubbish they feed the public, you see. They can always cover their tracks for the public. And the public are gullible enough to believe anything they read, you see. They cannot tell. They can't discern information anymore from any source, by the way. They can't discern it. 
Now, here's an article about China. I was mentioning how China was built up by the Western powers, how the students were all trained in universities for engineering and so on before they even had the factories set up in China because they hadn't signed the deals yet. Our boys hadn't signed the deals yet to allow and actually pay corporations, factories to move over to China. And we did. We paid for their uprooting and any losses incurred until they were set up for a period of seven to ten years. And they could, they could apply for more aid if they claimed they still weren't up to what they thought their profit margin would be for another ten years. That's not bad, putting that on the taxpayer's tab, to take their work away from them, eh? And put it over in China. So China was set up by your own countries, folks. Because the guys, as I say, the top of your countries don't work for you. And you keep voting them in. They don't work for you. Never have. It says here, China's estimated economy by the year 2040, it says. It says, uh, by 2040, the Chinese economy will reach $123 trillion, or nearly three times the economic output of the entire globe in 2000, the year 2000. China's per capita income will hit $85,000, more than double the forecast for the European Union, and also much higher than that of India and Japan. In other words, the average Chinese megacity dweller will be living twice as well as the average Frenchman when China goes from a poor country from the, the year 2000, that's when they're basing it from, to a super-rich country in 2040. Although it will not have overtaken the United States in per capita wealth, that's nonsense, it will be the rate we're going. According to the forecasts, China's share of global gross domestic product, 40%, uh, will dwarf that of the United States, which is 14%. And the United Union, uh, the European Union, which is 5%, 30 years from now, that's what e- economic hegemony will look like. So, it says here, most accounts of China's economic ascent offer little uh, vague, or but vagueses or threatening generalities, uh, and they usually grossly underestimate the extent of the rise, how fast it's coming. For instance, a recent study by the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, that's another part to like the Rockefeller Foundation, they all work together, by the way, and the Ford Foundation, so they're making sure it's online, uh, predicts that by 2050, China's economy will be just 20% larger than that of the United States. Well, China, the U.S. is going downhill. They just announced the other day that it's bankrupt. Easy to fix the bankruptcy, just tear all the, the stuff up, just start from again and print your own money debt-free, as they, it, it was intended to be. But they'll never do that. You won't never get a president who will do that because they're all hand cho- chosen by the bankers themselves. Anyway, China is just going to go out of sight. It already is going out of sight. I looked at a magazine recently, and some of these mega trillionaires over there who have risen up in China are literally creating 17th century and 18th century castles over there, modeling them in old British style and European style with the big gardens. And they've even got, gone to bizarre lengths like putting big Greek statues on top and all this kind of stuff. But really, they've got money to burn. It's just phenomenal. But they've got a, a slave population. That's what communism is. It's a wonderful system. And so they've got a slave population that's very obedient, and they allow themselves to be locked up in their factories, and uh, they don't complain. They don't dare complain because China doesn't deal with complaints in a sort of democratic way. Remember, remember too, that China is the, the model state for the world for us all to copy, according to the United Nations. 
But they, they won't give us the work. So you see that we used to have this now all over there. And then you hear there's rubbish coming out from, from guys who are prime, prime ministers like Britain. I mean, Britain's completely kaput. Finished culturally every, every way you can imagine is broke. And because they've been at this banking racket longer than anyone. And, uh, they're, they've gone through generations of, of massive unemployment as they're taking massive immigration just to finish it off. And it says here, in this article here, in Sky News, that boosting the number of Chinese tourists to the UK could create 10,000 more jobs, according to the Prime So, So Chinese tourists are going to bring Britain out of the, 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 the depression, the financial depression. Chinese tourists are going to bring... This is the best he can do, the Prime Minister. It's the best he can guess at, because there's nothing else going for them. I guess what they can do is, is show the Chinese around their new communitarian areas with their new little Soviets there and their little leaders for your civilian leaders for your new Soviet in your community. And, and you could, because you, you can't drive a car eventually because of all the carbon credits. China doesn't have to pay any carbon credits, by the way, under the treaties. Neither is India. Um, so we can always pull them around in rickshaws, all these Chinese tourists around their little communities and, and they can see us making glass beads together, putting glass beads together for necklaces and stuff like that, I guess. Hmm? This is the Prime Minister. This is his great idea because he's, they've got nothing nothing else going for it. What rubbish, eh? The Prime Minister, they call him. But he's just a front man. Just a front man to make sure that the banking system continues regardless and that we must keep believing that we really owe debt and all the rest of it. That's what he's in for. And then you have an article that says, record four out of five jobs going to foreigners between May and June. Nearly four out of five new jobs in Britain have gone to foreigners over the past three months, the official figures show. And that's from the Daily Telegraph again in Britain. I'll put this link up as well for you to peruse at your leisure. Remember too, when Blair was in, he boasted that he would destroy forever the complete cultural makeup of Britain. So much so, he said, that it could never go back to what it was with a culture. And he's been awfully successful. He said he'd do it by simply opening the floodgates to all immigration. And that happened. And these are the guys who were utterly treasonous, obviously. But no more treasonous than the ones in the United States or the ones in Canada or elsewhere. You see, we're taught... We're taught and brainwashed into believing we have a, a, sor- a sort of demo- uh, democracy. Democracy means you get the right to vote on something. Even in a republic, you supposedly vote for, the, for your leaders. The only difference in a republic is supposedly you can't change any constitution. It's meant to contain the uh, government from growing and taking more powers over. And it's also meant to maintain a minority's rights. Whereas democracy, of course, is, is just uh, free. It keeps changing. It's elastic. It was meant to be. It's plastic. It, it, they can keep redefining it for as long as they want. We forget that even in the Soviet bloc, the old Soviet bloc, they could vote. They had to vote by law. And it was Politburo 1, 2, 3, or 4. Take your pick. You know. Now it's, we, we, we have the parties in, in the West, and we fall for that trick there, the party 1, 2, or 3. Quigley said that every... Prime Minister and every president, he said, and he wrote the book in the, in the 1960s, he says, uh, for the last 60 years has been chosen by this group. 
It doesn't matter about the ones below them. All the top ones, the advisors and the presidents, are all picked. And they belong to these, this one global society. And you think they're serving you. No, they're serving an agenda. And they're not the big boys either, themselves. And then you get this, this thing about um, vaccines, vaccines, vaccines. We've seen the incredible billions of dollars that were thrown at uh, the vaccine companies with their fake flu con that they, they got up to. And they've even got contracts to keep delivering this stuff for the next 10 years coming out of some of the countries, even though it's all nonsense in, in the first place. And um, they seem so concerned about our health and that little cough that you might have once in a blue moon as they spray the skies with all kinds of, of toxic stuff because everybody's sore throats and pneumonia. But here you are, this is warfare going on here. Warfare, pure and simple. The easiest way for warfare purposes and, and bacterial and viral is to disinject it straight into your body. That's the, the fastest, easiest method, by the way. But it says here, vaccine delivery patch with dissolving microneedles boosts protection. So, that, so right away it gives you the premise, it gives you the conclusion as to boost protection, it says. Really, really. July 18th. And it's from uh, GT vaccine, uh, GT it says, whatever. Anyway, it says here, a new vaccine delivery patch based on hundreds of microscopic needles that dissolves into the skin. Dissolves into your skin, right? You just leave them all in and they dissolve in your skin. Could allow persons without medical training to painlessly administer vaccines while providing improved immunization against diseases such as influenza. Isn't that going kind of far if it was just influenza? Don't you think that's kind of going a bit far? What's it really for? What was it really doing? And if these, all these hundreds of little needles are going to dissolve into your body, is that nanotechnology? What's it really there for? These are the questions you should ask yourself whenever you see these crappy, awful handouts that they give to the media. Because it doesn't make sense what they're telling you, unless you're a child and you really want to believe it. But it says patches containing micron-scale needles that carry vaccine with them as they dissolve into the skin could simplify immunization programs by eliminating the use of hypodermic needles. Yeah. And their sharps, disposal, and reuse concerns. Applied easily to the skin, the microneedle patches could allow self-administration of vaccine during pandemics and simplify large-scale immunization programs in developing nations. They really care about developing nations. So what are they really, really up to here, you know? It won't be what you think it is, uh, if you really believe this, this particular write-up. It's something, again, nefarious. How come with, with the, as health care supposedly increases up and science goes up and up and up with health care, how come we're the sickest population they've ever had for hundreds of years? How come? Hmm? How come? Now here's another article here. It's quite something. <laughs> you can't, you can't believe, it. again, it's, it's so rubbishy that you almost don't want to read it, but this is from Wired, and Wired's part of technocracy. You know, I've mentioned what technocracy Inc. is, and what their role has been in changing the culture. But it says the Pentagon's after a faster, more reliable way to fight pandemics and viral terror threats by mass producing vaccines. So, right, so your Pentagon, right, in DARPA, it says at the top DARPA, and down below it says the Pentagon. Your war-making machinery are concerned about your health, right? 
So uh, it says here, so, so far, plant-based approaches seem to be their top pick to replace old-school methods. Now in a bid to hasten the development of vaccines that are ready for human use before the next H1N1 emerges, <laughs> the military is looking for a little help from our northern neighbours, that's Canada. DARPA, the Pentagon's Blue Sky Research Arm, handed out $21 million to Canadian biotech firm Medicago Inc., The company, based in Quebec City, will use the money to build a 90,000-square-foot facility, listen to this, that will use tobacco plants to produce 10 million monthly doses of influenza vaccine. Now, what are they really up to, right? It says the funding is a small part of DARPA's burgeoning accelerated manufacture of pharmaceuticals. And the link is here for that. It goes into the DARPA site. Accelerated Manufacture of Pharmaceuticals Program, which aims to revolutionize current egg-based vaccine production models and yield vaccines within three months of emerging and novel biological threats. These are the guys in the business of creating diseases for warfare purposes, folks. That's what, that's what the Pentagon deals with. It says, in February, the agency gave $21 million to Texas A&M for the construction of a 145,000-square-foot biotherapeutic production facility that uses mobile pods to grow vaccine-infused tobacco plants. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix, just showing the nonsense within the media. And whenever you see an article, you've got to really start thinking around, take it at face value and wonder what they're really up to. And if you really think hard enough, you'll find out what they're really up to. They really treat us like children. They truly treat us like children at the bottom. And most folk have been taught that whatever the media puts out, whether it's television or whatever, is just the truth. Like it's an extension of the reasoning. That's what we find Brzezinski said in his own book. He says the public will shortly be unable to reason for themselves. They'll expect the media to do it for them. So the media does. It gives you the headline, and that's, which generally contains your conclusion in the headline. So you'll read it the correct way, the way that they want you to read it. But here's another article here, like, 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 this is really news, isn't it? Los Angeles Times. Drug studies funded by the industry, the pharma industry, are more likely to yield good news. Well, no kidding, eh? All these guys that want to help us with vaccines and so on. Uh, it just happens that when they pay for the, the, the thing themselves, they always have good news. August the 2nd, it says, When weighing the results of a medical study, it's important to consider who supplied money to conduct research. According to an analysis of drug trials published Monday, studies were much more likely to be positive, that is, showing that the drug worked, in trials that were funded by the pharmaceutical industry. Researchers reviewed 546 drug trials and found that industry-funded trials reported positive outcomes 85% of the time, compared with only 50% of the time for government-funded trials and 72% of the time for trials funded by non-profits or non-federal organizations. Among the non-profit or non-federal studies that received uh, industry contributions, they were more likely to be positive as well, compared with those that did not have any industry support. So in other words, they're bought off. Right? Why can't they immediately just say that? Why can't they just say they're bought off? 
They aren't going to get another go at it for the next drug that comes along to give them a bad report, are they? It's obvious. <laughs> Quite obvious. And since they've been, uh, as I say, modifying all our foods and that, and we're not even worried about it, we're so domesticated, and putting all kinds of stuff in your water supply to make even stupider. Um, here's an article here. Genetically modified organisms are found in the wilds now. Well, we knew that years ago this would happen. And it says, for the first time in the United States, populations of genetically modified organisms were found to be growing in the wild in North Dakota, along roadsides and ballparks and cemeteries. And in some cases, they've been cross-pollinating to create new plants that are resistant to several strains of herbicides. The University of Arkansas graduate students traveled 3,000 miles in the state of North Dakota and stopped every five miles on interstate, state, and county roads to find out where exactly Franken canola flowers were growing. The seeds of these pretty yellow flowers are used to make the popular canola oil. It's a highly poisonous stuff, that too. Used in frying and baking all over America and beyond. It's one of the first things they, they modified genetically. Originally used to lubricate steam engines under the name rapeseed oil, canola oil was renamed for the marketability and is now the third most popular vegetable oil for human consumption in the world. What the researchers found in the four and six plants they sampled was that 80% of them had at least one transgene, which is a genetically modified gene. Canola flowers were not only found along roadsides, where one would expect the seeds to blow off farm trucks and take hold, but also in the middle of nowhere, including grocery store parking lots, ballparks, and the cemeteries. So, this stuff's going out of hand. And you wonder why the big boys have put all the real grain, the natural stuff, up in the Arctic there, guarded by armed guards? Did you wonder? Are you so domesticated it doesn't quite click? From Hamish and myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your God's go with you.